1: And welcome to Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm George Kurtz. I'll be joined by Cam Stewart. Cam's having some technical difficulties right now, but he will be joining us shortly, or so I hope. Uh, Weekend Fantasy Update. We're here from 11 to 2, uh, Saturday and Sunday for you. Covering all of your uh, sports needs, your gambling needs. As Cam and I will be going over the slate, uh, baseball, football, hockey, golf. I'm sure there's basketball, too, to talk about. Uh, Let Cam do that. We got Sean Angle behind the glass. Um, I'm sure today or tomorrow if there's any races, Sean will give us the lowdown on that as well. So uh, we'll have as much covered for you as, really, as humanly possible here. So uh, last night in baseball, you know, talked to her about the earlier show with Mike Blewett. uh, You know, in the fantasy landscape, injuries are dominating what's going on here. Uh, in fantasy baseball, a lot of t- people complaining about it. It is what it is in fantasy. You really can't complain. All right. We see it all the time. Fantasy. Staying healthy determines your team. And speaking of staying healthy, your can is back with us.
2: Woo, George, getting scared there. You know when the when the wheel just has that like uh, colors like uh, lucky charms and it goes around and around. That's usually a bad scene. But plugged out, plugged off, everything rebooted, and we're back. Buddy, didn't want to uh, uh, set you back. I hope you're doing well, buddy. He's been crazy, and you said it. Uh, injuries in baseball uh, taking over right now. What can you say, buddy? Be- better have a deep team if you want to win the league. And a lot of the time, as we talk about, luck reigns always. Sometimes you need to be lucky to win.
1: You do, right? Uh, luck, uh, luck does play a part in fantasy leagues. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I think it's I think it's kind of silly to say it doesn't. You know, we we all uh, need to be uh, lucky. Maybe sometimes even better to be lucky than good. True. Uh, but listen, the the ten day IL has changed things in baseball over the past couple of years. It has. Teams now, like you got a hangnail. Eh, I kind of do. I kind of do because I hated when it was a 15 day deal. You might have a guy who's out a week, Cam out yeah. a week and you're just, just eating it. at least now they they put him on quick unless you're the minnesota twins but, and you leave nelson cruz for five days
2: but don't you tend to think that a lot of teams will if a guy's kind of 50 50 you go you know what 10's better than 15 you know what i mean and they put more guys out there too wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't that be a concern you know what i mean they could just say oh okay you know 10 days not a big deal like i think the extra five days you, you think about it a little bit more what do you think about that but or or you're saying it's basically the same and it's a little bit better
1: I, I think as far as them putting the player on quicker because they realize, ah, you know what, it's only 10 days. So he's going to be out two, three days anyway, let's give him the extra week to make sure he's uh, 100% healthy. I think that's the way it, it really works now. So when I kind of like that. You know, I hate it. Like I said, Nelson Cruz was annoying. He got hurt, what, last week, and they, you didn't know what to do Monday. You know, Do I put him in, my, in a weekly lineup? Do I, do I put him in? Do I not put him in? And then, oh, he's out Monday. He's out Tuesday. He's out Wednesday. He's out Thursday. Finally, yesterday, they put him on the I.L. You know, so uh, yeah. you, you don't see that situation as much anymore. And I, I kind of like that.
2: Yeah, that's cool. And uh, things happening too, uh, George. What can I say about your team? I I had a parlay cooking last night. It was good. I go, hey, I got the Phillies, and they finally did what they're supposed to do. And Houston came back uh, to beat Boston in a really well-pitched game. And then I had Tampa Bay and the old Yankees find a way to get it done. Man, that's just a a different hero every night, George. And as a fan of the team, that's very, very encouraging. Like, not even the Stars are doing damage with all the injuries, and you guys are still winning games. Very, very nice comeback
1: last night. You know, it's funny with the Yankees. Uh, I had to go. My daughter was at a birthday party, so I got to go pick her up at uh, 10 o'clock. As soon I had to leave here, about, about 9.30. So I leave here. Yankees losing 3-1. They look terrible. They weren't <laughs> yeah. even coming close to scoring a run. All right, uh, so I, I go pick her up, and I didn't, I didn't expect much to happen. I didn't even know there was a rain delay in the game. So I think by the time I got home, I had to go pick up my niece from the train station, too. So I got home around 11, and I uh, you know, turn the game on, you know, rain delay, great. And you know, I was like, oh, Luke Voigt. Then Luke Voigt hits the home run over the I'm like, great. All that is, that's just rubbing it into me that Gladiator has made the error to give up the extra run in the eighth. I'm like, great. Now they lose by one, and that error is going to determine everything. And that was, a, that was a, a big comeback for the Yankees last night. Big comeback. Uh, good to see. I mean, good to see. The Yankees are finding a ways to win, Cam. I don't know how. I had not under last night. I did, I, I, <laughs> good call, I on I the knew under. they wouldn't score much. Yeah, I might, might go with the under again today. Uh, Today's Snell versus uh, Tanaka. I don't think May Run's going to be scored today either. I don't know how the Yankees are doing it. I don't. But uh, they are, like, like Luke Voigt said, they're, they're finding a way to win every game. It's very true. Yeah, no, and it's
2: nuts. Like you wait till they get the big big bats back, and that's huge because Boston was playing a little bit better, but big uh, big weekend series too uh, against the Astros there, George. And what can you say? I know we talk about uh, closers and guys. Ryan Presley, like it's interesting. Uh, Thirty eight straight scoreless appearances. He beats uh, Kimbrell's record there, and uh, this guy's really been dominant. Uh, the Astros are not just a good team. It's like when they when they get the lead, they tend to hold it. Kind of like the Yankees. They got a, a special bullpen in arms there, and that's a uh, great news for a team that's all. Ready, probably arguably the best team in baseball. You can make a case for the Houston Astros and this guy's on fire.
1: On fire is an understatement. I think it's 30. I think he set the record now, right? 30, uh, yeah, 38. Yeah, 38
2: straight scoreless appearances. That's nuts. Uh, like <laughs> and that, and that's that, that's crazy. That is crazy. And, and against good bats too, George. You know these aren't these aren't against chumps. Like he he's been doing a real good job. Like I knew he was a good arm, but wow. When I saw that last night, I was
1: kind of like, what? Really? <laughs> wow. they kind of blew me away. Yeah, I mean uh, that that's incredible. The problems with fantasy teams. What does he really do for you? Yeah, not nothing. getting saves. Yeah, he is protecting uh, ratios, and there's something to be said for that. But he's really a hold guy. If you're playing a holds league, which really there aren't many out there, that's something he does well. So uh, he's, he's pitching great and uh, good, good for the Astros. That, and listen, the Astros' biggest problem probably was their bullpen. Now you got a Sooner. You can think what you want about a Sooner and what he did, but they got yep. a Sooner. you got he- got Presley. My God. That t- and uh, my mind, Houston's the best team in baseball.
2: Yeah, no, Houston. Houston's amazing, and it's going to be a great series with Boston this weekend. And I don't know, Georgia. The other, the other side, we we're talking about all the good things with um, with the Yankees, and then you look at the Mets and the Marlins don't score a run uh, in 26 innings yet they rough up Degrom and get the win. Like out of all the guys, too, that's got to be very, very concerning. Uh, you know, Bryce Harper came out. I had to be better. He had a, he had two clutch hits in that game. McCutcheon was uh, came back. They looked great against uh, in their win last night, right? They came back. The Phillies got it done against the Rockies. And They were a desperate team. And now you look at the, the Mets and DeGrom, uh, arguably, you know, one, one of your best pitchers getting shelled by a team that can't hit AAA pitching. Concerning.
1: I think it's more than concerning, by the way. I'm starting to uh, play a little game here. Who gets fired first? Yeah. Callaway or Martinez of Washington? Good call. Yeah, both in the same same division. You're right, George. Like, yeah, I would probably say Callaway. I think right now it would be Callaway. Uh, once again, uh, Washington did take two out of three from the Mets earlier this week, so that certainly helps. Uh, I think it is Callaway. I think uh, the Mets have done this before; they look for excuses. And I think the uh, it's, and it's not going to be the GM, right? Because he wasn't there last year. So once again, it'll be. I think it'll be him as well. I think uh, it's. I don't think it's his what? fault, mind you, but I think he'll yeah. be the scapegoat.
2: I'll give you credit, George. You you said it. You're like, you know what? Remember the Mets? Uh, it was the plane issue they had when me, you, and Gabe were talking about it when they were in Syracuse, and we talked. And you said, you know what? Uh, I don't think De- Degrom he's going to ask for a lot of money. They're going to pay him a lot of money. And you were very, very concerned about it with the injuries and the Mets basically for from a PR move was like, yeah, you know what? We're going to open up the wallet. We're going to pay. And you were very kind of anti that. Say, hey, you know, wait, don't overpay or whatever. And now you look at it and we expected a real tight division and. They've been the disappointment in the division. The Nationals have had way more injuries to deal with. I know uh, Turner's coming back. He's back, and they'll, they'll be better, but the Mets are a real concern. We love the bats in this lineup, but uh, some of the pitchers, other than Syndergaard, have been uh, not very impressive. Wheeler, Wheeler's getting knocked around. He had a great year last year. Like it's, it's, a, it's a going concern with this team. If you're a Mets supporter, you must be in orbit right now.
1: It's certainly not good. I mean, uh, what's strange about the Mets this year is that we thought the starting pitching would be great, the hitting so so. It's been the opposite. Generally, they can hit. Yeah. But their pitching has been inconsistent at best here. Uh, so that, that's been the issue for the Mets here. I mean, you, you put it perfectly. DeGrom got lit up last night by Miami. Who the hell saw that coming? I mean, that, Nobody. that, that, that can't
2: happen. <laughs> they, were, that's, they were they were, a right. minus 220 favorite, and I'm looking at Miami, I'm, I'm checking the scores, I'm watching the hockey game, the other baseball, I'm like, Miami scored, what, what, six runs already? What the hell is going on here? Like, I've had these guys at plus 200, whatever, they lose one to nothing, they lose two to one, they don't score runs, George, and then they have an offensive like, explosion against a pitcher like DeGrom, that's what makes it even worse. It's uh, it's a real, like, if you're, oh man, I'd, I'd be very, very concerned, because I watch that Miami team, I bet on them sometimes because they're big dogs and they're horrible like they, they hit like they're, they're not even a major league baseball hitting team like they're 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 brutal they score one two runs like consistently zero runs <laughs> it's like they're awful
1: <laughs> you know they're bad it's 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 funny Miami uh what they uh coming in they had I think they have, I think they have 11 wins now so they're on, they're on pace cams win 40 games unbelievable 40 Game. I mean, they're, they're terrible, they're just <laughs> terrible, and uh, so it's. I mean, if you want to say talk about Callaway, if if God forbid, I am I saying God forbid. What do I care? If the Mets <laughs> get swept this weekend, <laughs>
2: what, do, what do I care? You're I, a Yankee fan, yeah, you don't care. A couple of your buddies God are Mets, Mets fans, like but uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> what, do I, what I mean by that? Is like God, well, like it's a, that'd a, be a huge bad thing, it'd be bad for Callaway. But if the Mets were to get swept by Miami this weekend, Callaway's done. Oh and yeah, that'll be the last oh, yeah. straw. I don't think I don't think they will get swept mind you but uh, that would be the final straw here.
2: Yeah, no, the, the it's a big problem we talked about a competitive division but uh, very very uh, disappointing uh, with with those guys uh, I don't know what else, what else to say there George. Uh, you talked you talked about the twins earlier that that's an interesting story the Yankees the comeback win and, and something that I've been dealing with in my backyard is uh, Uh, Sanchez, um, you know, every time, I don't know what's going on with this guy's hands. Does he use the wrong moisturizer or Vaseline? This guy's had a blister issue, (laughs) problem, like, you know what I mean? Like, what is it? What what cream? Every single year, every single few starts, blister problem, finger problem. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is, sensitive skin? Um, But anyway, he's got a blister in his middle finger now. Like, I think that's part of the reason. When you when you look at why the Jays haven't been able to trade him and when they've talked about it team's like wow man he's got great stuff when healthy and he could be that guy but the problem is he's hurt uh, he's got a finger problem all the time blisters it just never ends with this guy he can't shake it George it's really weird
1: we've seen his problems st- throughout baseball over the years right about how to uh, get rid of these uh yeah get rid of the blisters you know I mean I don't. I don't know if there's uh, one kind of solution here, but you would what? think they would have figured something out by now. It's been. Are you supposed to piss on your hands? <laughs> well, that was Moises as I mean, people <laughs> people that came is kidding here. That's not.
2: He's not kidding. No, no, he's not. Urine, urine, supposed we, to be a great uh, right. <laughs> cleanser. It makes
1: your skin tougher, right? So that's that's what guys right. used to do. That's a, that's a moist. The first time I heard of it was moist as <laughs> All right, yeah. he and he uh, so I guess someone asked and he goes, "Yeah, I, uh, I pee on my hands, and uh, it makes the skin harder." You know, from what I, I, I I don't know if that's true, boys and girls. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not gonna right, go in a shower just piss my, hands, pissing, pissing my soon. hands. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And what do you what do you do? Do you do you soak your hands in it? Do you get oh, that, That's, an, that's oh, another that, thing.
2: That. That's another thing, George.
1: Excellent point. Like,
2: so if I were just to go upstairs and after the show, you know, oh, yeah, take it, take it. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, obviously, if I just take a leak on them, it, I don't think anything good's gonna happen. I would think you'd have to put it in a basin of some kind and soak it for it to have any type of effect. You can't just do, like just go and have a shower and think because it hits your hand it's gonna work. It needs to be soaked like how construction workers they you know what I mean when you're walking around and your feet are all banged up they put Epsom salts in a thing right it's one of those things when your feet are all cracked at the bottom you know what I mean like it can't be oh I'm just gonna have a shower and things are gonna work out I think it would have to be at least in a basin and you'd have to put your hands in there for an hour and soak them like Matt used to do
1: palm olive soak them Palma? It's funny. I was thinking the same <laughs> joke by the Palmarov. Uh, Madge soaked in it. Moises Alou soaked in t- it. <laughs> you can tell how old we are, right? Well, yeah, with we're, yeah, we're getting Malab, up there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I agree. You, you would have to soak them, I yeah. would think. I don't know if people yeah. do that nowadays. You would think there'd be some kind of product or some kind of chemical they could have that would mimic urine. I mean, you really would. Uh, pickle juice was one I heard for a while, yeah, too. Pickle right? was, yeah, pickle uh, juice. A lot of acid in there. Makes sense. But the bottom line is you would have thought by now someone would have figured out something with Sanchez where he would stop having these blisters. But now he's got one again. It's a shame because I think this guy has talent, but I don't know if we're ever truly going to see it. Aaron Sanchez is
2: awesome and, and the thing is I it's it's one of those points George and I I really believe this and you've talked about him since we've been doing the show together. I think a lot of teams have inquired on him. Like he is that type of guy, if healthy and doesn't get get the blisters just to be a real perfect part that you can insert in your rotation, he will be a difference maker and I don't think you'd have to give the total bank for him. Maybe a prospect like you wouldn't have to like go, "Okay, we're emptying out the closet here to get a guy like Aaron Sanchez" because of the history. You know what I'm saying? But if, he, if they're like a team like the Yankees or the Red Sox or one, one of the teams in, in contention, you have him. That could be over the top. Like he's a, You're right. He's a damn good pitcher. But the problem is this happens time after time after time. It's crazy. Like, I haven't seen the guy healthy in years.
1: It's a shame, I you know, you always want to see the guys who uh, you always want to see them play and show what they can do. And I don't know if we'll ever see it from Sanchez. Uh, fantasy-wise, he has no value. I, I, I assume you're moving on from him now. But uh, like I said I imagine he'll go back on the IL because he almost start with the, the the blister. And you know, if you once you already have the blister, even if you pop it, that skin's already raw. It's already yeah. soft. I can't see how you're not going to get another one.
2: Well, that's the thing. I used to like when I yeah, because I used to I used to play golf a lot and worked at the club, right? And you play like thirty six holes, you get the blisters. You'd pop them, and then the skin under it just it's more bloody, and then you do it again. Then it cuts under the next layer, and you're screwed. Right? You know what I mean? You got to put tape on it or something like it's it, it's too it's too raw, George. So I don't know, but you're right. In today's world, we talk about uh, all the things that we can do. We can't solve blister problems. You think it would be <laughs> something on the list that uh, you could? Have. They're sending people to to the moon, but we can't fix blisters.
1: Weird. It is right. If you think of all the problems, we can fix the Tommy John surgery. We can take your elbow, your yep. elbow labor from one arm to put it in the other arm. You know, uh, we can do everything else, but we can't fix soft skin. So, yep, soft skin.
2: Weird. Yep. Madge, me and George, yeah, it shows our age. Paul Palmolive used to be great, soaking it. Good for your hands. Anyway, we'll talk more about the baseball board. George's Yankees are the first game off. Uh, also, the PGA Championship might be over after 36 holes. Brooks Kepka, seven-shot lead. This and more Weekend Fantasy Update. Stuart and Kurtz, back after a short break. Thanks a lot, there, Sean. Cam Stewart here. George Kurtz, weekend fantasy update. Also, uh, you're going to hear a lot more of George in the future too. The man is rock solid, and uh, George, we got some uh, interesting things happening at the network in a in a few weeks' time too. So, uh, you know, hey, buddy. I'm proud of you. You're 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 the man. You're kicking ass with your bets and your fantasy and uh, you know what? We got a beautiful summer coming up. Football on the way. What can you say, buddy? Good times all around. I'm going to be sad though because hockey's almost over and basketball's thinning and uh, soon George, it's going to be your favorite time of the year. The dog days of summer. Baseball, baseball, baseball and more baseball. We're just going to have to do more first inning bets, first five bets, all sorts of stuff. We'll just we'll make it interesting, George. We'll find a way.
1: You know, it's funny. I was talking to Mike Blewett uh, earlier today, and I said the same thing. You know, hockey, you know, we only have one game every other day now, and that's the way I it's going to stay because the, the Eastern Conference Series is over, so we're going to get the uh, St. Louis and uh, San Jose every other day in the Stanley Cup, which is going not going to start until Memorial Day night, by the way. Uh, a huge long break for the Boston Bruins. Oh, I but know. But once again, when the Stanley Cup happens, that's every other day as well. Hockey, you know, it's coming to an end, Cam. At most, we only have 10 games left at most.
2: Yeah, and uh, I, I think that other series, though, uh, just watching the game last night, is probably going to go seven. So Boston's just sitting there going, okay, guys, St. Louis, you go kill yourselves. San Jose, you go hurt yourselves, and we're just going to sit back, enjoy it. Hopefully a star player gets banged up or whatever and put their feet up. And I got to give, uh, I'll give, I'll give you and Marenzi credit. I think when when you were on the show, I thought Carolina would win one game in the series. I thought at home with the celebrations that they've had this year, just the atmosphere and, and the way they played, give their fans one more, but... As we talk about, George, when you're capping stuff, baseball, mathematically based sport, there's ways to come up with formulas, and they usually work. There is no formula for a goaltender that is in a zone. It doesn't matter what, if you went to Harvard, MIT, whatever. Tuka Rask right now, I've never seen this guy play this good uh, since, uh, you know, I remember one year with the Leafs, he was like this, and eventually he got worse, and they got rid of him, and I find it hilarious taking a look at all these ex-players, all the old Toronto players, uh, Tuka Rask on fire, Tyler Bozak on fire, every guy that used to play is successful with the other team just par for the course but what can you say with rast george um, I, i'd be very worried if i was san jose and or st louis because this guy looks unstoppable carolina dominated both games at home and got nothing for it nothing
1: can what what have you and I been saying for forever now on all the all the hockey talk we talk about? If you have a hot goaltender, yeah, it's, it's just other, that you, there's simple. Nothing you can do. <laughs> I know. There's nothing you can do. Dude. If he's saying screw it, I'm not letting any goals in. You're not scoring any goals. That's it. I mean that's it. And Tukaraska is playing fantastic right now. Probably the best we've ever seen him. He is that hot right now. It's scary, so, George. It's not, it's not, it's I'm, it's watching I'm watching
2: him. I'm watching him and you know and they they have the breakdown at the intermissions and stuff. It For pucks, he doesn't see. This is the crazy thing when you know guys in the zone. They're basically showing when he's got, like, there was times where he was screened a million times. He is always in the right position. The puck is hitting him dead center in the B, right in the middle of the crest. Like, he knows exactly where to be. When he doesn't see the puck, he doesn't panic. He just stays there. Okay, it hit me. Then he'll get on top of it. They got the big defenseman to clear these guys out. It's just, it's something to behold because I knew he was a good goaltender before. I wasn't really happy when the Leafs got rid of him, but I... I look at Boston and go they're good but it's it's, I can't say smoke and mirrors because they have so many you know good veteran players the young guys that they picked up have gone well but I just look at them as I don't think they're as dominant as the record is George but how do I go against them now that's the thing like when you're watching this goaltending performance and and teams not scoring on them at all not even one goal I'm concerned like if you're San Jose and St. Louis you're like oh god Boston looks real good and they're going to be rested too maybe too much rest but
1: what's your take? Well, Kent, the rest hasn't been good this year. No. I mean, you think about it. Islanders long, uh, long rest didn't show up against Carolina. Columbus long rest. Now, granted, they showed up, but still they lost. You know, they, they didn't, uh, and, and in the end, they seemed to die at the end, which is just strange. So this is going to be 11 days off of Boston. I mean, you think about it. They still have nine days off right now. You're right. I'm looking nine at days these. off. They're gonna have one.
2: They announced the NHL schedule. To your point, George, May twenty seventh, game one. Like, are you kidding me? At eight o'clock too. So yeah, and they and they were off the other night too. So I'm like, oh my god, it's almost like two weeks off. That's uh, you can do all the simulated practices and games you want, but until you get like thrown into the boards or a puck in your in your leg or head, you know, and it's not going to be the same. But these guys just find way. Actually, this is the best thing that happened to San Jose and St. Louis with Tuka Rask. Maybe he'll lose
1: whatever. He had over that time. It's perfect. You, you wonder, you know, because you're going to lose that adrenaline. You're certainly going to lose the adrenaline with nine eleven days. Of course, you are. Yeah. You know, can he get his game back up that quick? I mean, you do have to wonder. Now, granted, now even if this series between St. Louis and San Jose goes to seven, and like you said, I believe it's going to seven as well. That means what? It'll, there'll be a game uh, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. There, they're still going to mean Friday, Saturday. They'll have four days off too. Yeah. 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 That's you an know, excellent. And that's excellent if it goes goal. seven. If it goes six, they'll have six days off. So uh, both teams are going to be well rested, ready to play here. But uh, I don't like it. I, I really don't. I think as soon as uh, once again, two days after the uh, San Jose-St. Louis series ends, I like. I like to see the Stanley Cup start. Maybe three days, since it'll, you are, if San Jose wins, you, you are going cross country. I get that. But uh, I hate. I, I hate these long breaks. There's so other, do there's I. You can do with Boston. This is but, this is the uh, thing have- that brought
2: it drives me nuts George like and you're a su- you're a super fan like me and you understand but like this is it's it's a winter fall sport like if, if things go seven games you're talking about mid June Like that's you know what I mean? You shouldn't be playing hockey in mid June. And now we look at these markets. Sure, San Jose's in Northern California, but it's still hot. If Vegas was there, it'd be insane. I know they have the special ice guy that comes around and they have formulas to do it now with the science, but I've been looking at the ice too, and you you know this from watching every single game. The puck is jumping like never before. Like it can't barely even stay flat. Like it's an issue and a concern, I think, for the quality of the game. That's my that's my opinion and my take. You should start it earlier and end it earlier. This thing should be done by May at the very latest, it should not be into mid-June. I think that's just stupid. It's dumb.
1: Oh, you'll get no argument from me. Uh, hey, we, we're, we're making fun of how they can't solve uh, blister problems in this yeah. day and age. How can, ice. how can they not solve all ice problems, right? Well, I mean, you, got, shock yeah, you got when an, it gets hot in May. Yeah, exactly. you got an ice machine in your house. Crisp, beautiful
2: cubes, you're telling me. Nice ice cold Pepsi. You crack it open like a, we should hire George Kurtz and, and the ice machine to go down there. Yeah, and that's the thing. Look at the markets that you put in the league. Like Vegas, I go down there in, the, in that time of the year, George. It could be 110 degrees, 115, and you're in a building. At T-Mobile, like, it's just, I, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of rocket scientists running this stuff, but
1: it's not going to get any better with the markets that they're putting in. They're, they're hot-weather places. Well, you know me. I'm, I'm going listen, I'm going to Tampa next week. I checked the, tam- the temperatures of Tampa, and Tampa Bay is 97 degrees. Yeah. And this team should have
2: won, right? So say Tampa Bay didn't lose to Columbus, they'd be probably hanging out with Boston in the Eastern final, right? So, yeah, it's, it's almost 100 degrees, George.
1: That's nuts. You you would think in this day and age they'd have uh, ways to stop the puck from bouncing, where the passes can be crisp. Uh, They've been doing this forever. How can they not know that, once again, you know, Barclays, where the Islanders play, the ice is always terrible. It's one of the big, uh, you know, it's where the players complain most about. it. The ice is not good. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you, you would think they'd have a ways to fix this.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, they, they they don't seem to do it. I think it's just too long, too long of a season there, George. And would you lay it down? Like looking at the lines from the gambling lines, what do you what do you think? Like they're already out. Like Boston, you have to lay 40, 50 cents with these guys. Is is that the play, or you still believe? I know before we talked about it when we were when we first started doing the show, George and I had an account. I think I got San Jose. I even forgot about that bet. I put like fifty bucks on him at like eleven to one. You, you do you believe in the Sharks or Blues can, can take these guys out, or do you think it's Boston's cup to lose?
1: Uh well first you know listen we got three more well, we we think we have three more games let's see if any injuries happen here why didn't Eric Carlson play for a big part of that third period last night although he did he was on for the six on five but he didn't come on for about nine ten minutes of that third period so you know I think he's going to play a part of it I think he's hurt too uh, that, that's where I'm going I think there's something wrong there my problem is going to be this I'm gonna have a t- we already talked about how great to Rask is right yeah well can can anybody trust Martin Jones? I can't. I'm going to be honest with you. And and the saves that he made last night were
2: so lucky. Like I've never seen a goalie like this deep fight the puck so much. Like, you know, when St. Louis has a shot, like it's lying there and they just don't have enough time to get it in. You saw the Bozak goal, the sweep. He couldn't cover up that rebound. I'm with you. Like, and and the thing is, Brent Burns can't do it all. Eric Carlson, for all of his offensive gifts, he's kind of a defensive liability out there, there, George. And St. Louis is one of those teams. They're heavy. (laughs) I saw it with Dallas, and I thought Dallas, if they could have just ended it in game six, but it, it seemed to me over time, from game five on, they got Dallas got more wore down, wore down, wore down. It's like finally the St. Louis like, four check and the heavy play kind of got to them, and I, I kind of think of the same thing for San Jose. I think the Blues can beat these guys. I, I think, uh, and with Bennington, he played well last night. There was a stretch at the end of the game. I got really nervous. I had money on the Blues, and he was getting pepper, but he, he looked like the old uh, Bennington. He was in good position last night. And he looked confident. Uh, and I'll tell you one thing. We talk about goaltending. I'll take him over Martin Jones any day of the week, and I don't care how good San Jose is. Kane's, Kane's not playing right. You know, Joe Thornton's a great player, but he's a little bit slow. Like, unless Logan Couture or Hurdle or one of these guys takes over, I don't think San Jose is as good as people think they are. Their big guys aren't scoring.
1: They're not, but I, I, I like their depth on San Jose. The problem is, uh, you depth. mentioned Eric Carlson. I think yeah. you were being kind. <laughs> right. Colson, he's, he's he's a big time defensive liability yeah. yeah he has he has all sorts of problems in his zone zone and i know he's hurt he's been hurt a big part of the season uh i get that but he's a he's he's a defensive liability and and Brett Burns is nowhere near as big a liability, but he has issues as well. Oh, I know he does. Yeah.
2: Great offensively with a heavy shot, but that's that's the thing about San Jose. It's kind of like they're all offense, and I, I got a lot of problems uh, with the defense, and St. Louis is just one of those teams, they're kind of scary, George. You know what I mean? They don't do, like, when you look at the name of Jaden Schwartz and other guys, you're like, really? Like, uh, Tarasenko hasn't even played his best hockey. Ru- O'Reilly looks like he's out of gas. He looks slow, but they still have fine ways, you know, the Sunquist is good. This Robert Thomas. Like, they have a lot of, let's just say underrated unheralded players that do a lot of things well and their blue line is very big and sturdy joel edmondson Bertuzzo, who i know personally used to be on pittsburgh he's blossomed into a better player like they have big big pareko is awesome probably one of the most underrated in the league like they have like true defensemen on their team like killers not just guys who can play offense but guys that can shut you down
1: yeah uh listen defense is so important in the nhl that's why we're always so surprised when Nashville doesn't go further because we think yeah. they have the best defensive unit in the league, right? Yep. And uh, but it's it's not working out for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they can't score it or Maybe they have other problems. Uh, one big thing about the break. Oh, I shouldn't say big thing. Good thing for Boston. Zdeno Char missed Game Four Yes. The Carolina. Now I I do wonder, Cam, if that was an important game. And I know what you're saying. What, well, playoff game's not important when well, I was 3-0. It wasn't all that yep, important. Yeah, I'm with but you. If I wonder, it was game six, game seven, if Chara would have played. He would uh, You think the 11 days... Yeah, I think he would have too. He was he was dressed. He was dressed because I guess he wanted I guess be in full uniform for the picture with the. Uh, Let's you know what they thought. Yeah, we're still gonna win the game, so he wanted to be in full uh, full uniform for the picture with the uh, the the Eastern, whatever they call that trophy, which I can't remember offhand. Prince of Wales. So, uh, I think he'll be okay for you know, Prince of Wales. That's it. Damn it. Uh, so I, I think he'll be fully healthy. But once again, it's a benefit to be uh, to make sure all these little nicks and. Uh, you know, bruises, nicks, bumps, they'll be healthy to go before game one. How
2: old is he? Is he forty? I think he well, he's at least forty. I, I think he's like forty one or yeah. So think about this. So we're, you're in your forties, you're also a giant of a man. It's hard enough, like you've watched NBA guys who are tall, they could barely get around. The fact that this guy's doing it on skates is a bloody miracle in my opinion. Like he's actually a freak of nature. They should do they should do a documentary or something. Like skating is hard enough, but when you skate as a giant, like on skates he's how tall is he? Seven seven something? I think he's six. Was he six seven? Like without, without skates, like he, he, it's basically like lurch on skates. There, George. <laughs> like, think it's it's about hard to reach. get around. I know that's what I'm saying. Like I told you, I, 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 I got beat up when I was younger by Eric Cairns. and Eric Cairns, when he played for the Islanders, was and he played for the Florida Panthers. I think he was six four on skates. He was like, yeah, like it was crazy. He was like six eight, six nine, and I'm six one, probably about six three. Like the guy was towering over me, George. It was just like. Poof, poof, like literally like just getting pummeled and chara's bigger than him (laughs) so i don't even know yeah you said it like the reach is like he's like a condor a bird i I don't know what you do with that guy and the fact that he's still playing to me is just a testament to his will and what kind of an athlete is that's very it's a very hard, hard sport to play when you're young let alone in your 40s so at the professional
1: level come on what I, what I meant about his reach, that wasn't so much about fighting, although that's f- fantastic. But I mean, on the ice, how do you get a pass by him? He just <laughs> poke everything away. <laughs> doop doop doop. <laughs> he's he's what? Yeah, like you said, on skates, he's about seven foot on skates. Plus, he probably uses what a six foot stick at least. That's thirteen feet, man. I know. How do you get a, how do you get any puck by it? It's amazing what he can do.
2: Yeah, no, he's he, he's he's basically like a freak. I don't even know wh- where where to go with him. Like he's he's just special. So what are you are you happy that the game is uh, tomorrow after? I'm kind of you know I like the afternoon games. It's kind of nice that when when we're done the show there, George. But uh, I kind of like uh, you know the prime time getting something ready at night. Like, are you surprised that they'd even throw it on a Sunday at three instead of like doing like a seven o'clock start? I know there's an NBA game, the Toronto Milwaukee game is uh, later on that night, but uh, I'm surprised even because we're down to this many teams, I'm surprised they still have that matinee.
1: As I would prefer a night game tomorrow, mainly because I won't be home during the afternoon tomorrow. You and I are doing the show, then I gotta bust out of here. Yeah. To uh, ret- my, my 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 car, the lease is over, so it's uh, I gotta bring it back tomorrow. Oh. So uh, I will. Uh, no. What kind of car? Happens. Um. What kind of car, indeed? This is the. Uh, Altima, the Nissan Altima. The oh, no, Altima's a Altima nice car.
2: Yeah, you. It it's yeah. big enough for your kids. Still looks sporty. That's a nice car.
1: It's not bad, man. I, I like it. I like the Altima. I like it a lot. Uh, it's got I got some more. I got some pickup. So I don't. I don't. Mind. I've had like three, four Altimas in a row. Although now that I say this, we're going away though uh, from the Altima. We're gonna go. Well, uh, we have a connection at Subaru, so we're gonna go to a Subaru. Good car, I have a Subaru. I, mean, I have a Legacy. No. Ascent. I go. We got the Ascent. Yeah. A couple of months. Great back resale value. We'll probably get the
2: Legacy. The Subarus are good. My buddy Vince, uh, he's a real Subaru guy. I, I tell you, those cars, man. Like I know you're leasing, but for resale value, they're some of the best in the world, and they're really good with terrain. You got to take the family up like some hills and stuff like that. No Subaru, or uh, people don't know they're wicked cars. Those are cars they use in like those world, uh, you know, racing competitions where they're going up like side mountains and stuff like that. Very, very uh, nice automobile, George. Good choice.
1: Well, hey, you know, it better be good because I'm taking it down to Florida on uh, Friday. We're driving down to Florida. Oh yeah, that's so, right. Uh, you're going. you're going away for Memorial Day weekend with the family. Wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm away for. I'm away for the next two weekends. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who's uh, who's coming on the show with you. I don't think. we I don't think. We're yeah, sure yeah.
2: I think we're changing. Uh, not not for a bit too. Like I know it starts at noon, but that's in a couple weeks, right? When you come back, probably. Marenci was telling me something uh, the, about uh, the, the in June, I think at early June or something yes, like that. So we'll figure yes. it
1: out. Yeah, talk to the boss. For those who are wondering, uh, starting, uh, it looks like the second full weekend in June, which will be June 8th and 9th. Uh, Cam and I will be on from 12 to 3, not 11 to 2. Uh, 12 to 3, Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, it'll be pretty much the same show with a different name. I think we're... Uh, Weekend Wagers, I think is is the name name of the show. It's actually
2: a a really bright move, because if you think about it, for baseball, the games on the weekend, they start at 1, right? So I was thinking doing something at 12 or 12.30 made a hell of a lot of sense, and we got live action. We could do the great thing, is Brancy was telling me about the sports book. we could do like some live lines, look at some stuff while we're doing the show. It'll be a hell of a lot of fun, right, George? Get the whole gamut. You get the fantasy part, starts, live bets, betting, right when the game starts. So, yeah, so 12 to 3 in a couple weeks. We'll keep everybody informed of what's going on, and Kurtz is going on a holiday with his family i'll get george's opinion and we haven't even talked about the nfl or anything else uh, on the other side so stick around we'll go through the bang board it's the preakness today pga golf and a whole lot more weekend fantasy update with me angle and george coming back Thank you very much, Sean. Welcome back. Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm Cam Stewart. My boy George Kurtz, kicking it in Long Island. Mr. Baseball. Sean, I know uh, no, we got the NASCAR all-star race tonight, but, uh, yeah, it's a little bit too crazy, so uh, not sure if we're going to cap that one. Might, might might have a couple picks to Preakness later on today as well. That goes off about uh, 6.40. Improbable, the favorite friend of the station, Mike Smith, the jockey there at 2-1, to one, but a wide-open race. So hopefully uh, I'll go through the board and give you guys a horse pick, too. We've been pretty good. Uh, maybe I'll play a couple this afternoon at uh, Belmont, uh, George, during the show to... To keep things spiced up gotta love uh, gotta love horse racing and the Preakness uh, wide open race and a lot of uh, value on the board as for the PGDA championship right now just an update some guys are on the course Brooks Kepkin the leaders he goes off at 2.50pm eastern and this is some of the best uh, performances I've ever seen circa Tiger Woods 2000. He has a seven-shot lead after 36 holes. He's 12 under par on Beth Plage Black, one of the hardest courses around and this guy is just dissecting it. Adam Scott shot a 64 yesterday and only gained one shot on him. Brooks Kepka 63-65. Unbelievable. Seven-shot lead over Adam Scott tied for second with Jordan Spieth who is trying for the career Grand Slam. Just too many shots back uh, George. It kind of feels like these guys are playing for second in this tournament and uh, kind of taking a little bit of the life out of the tournament but so impressive to see Brooks Kepka one of the tournament favorites at 10 to 1 and not disappointing. This guy, I'll tell you, I got a lot of respect for him. Other guys uh, on the range stay away from Tiger Woods. He goes right up to him, right next to him. You know, he basically wants to say, "Buddy, I'm here to beat you down." And Tiger Woods after a great Masters didn't make the cut. The course a little bit too long for him and he had a lot of time off. Didn't really have his A game there and missed the cut. So Brooks Kepka, we'll see what can these guys can do and hopefully maybe we'll shorten the gap so we can have an interesting Sunday here, George, but total domination. You usually don't see a guy with a seven-shot lead going into the weekend. I'm thinking maybe two or three, but seven? That's nuts.
1: Yeah, Bobby. I mean, it's uh, I don't want to say disappointing, but there's, it takes a lot of the drama out, a lot of the excitement out, right? It mean, no sure one, does, uh, buddy. Sure Tiger does. Woods being out as well doesn't help any. That's another draw. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure, TV's not all that thrilled about this.
2: No, I don't think they're thrilled. Like what they're seeing, it's it's good with, with him. Like, and especially if history is made, he might uh, set a set a little mark in a major, especially at Beth Page Black shooting the course record, like a 63 at that course. <laughs> you know, George, it's in your backyard. There's a big sign there. Only the best golfers in the world attempt this. And they're playing it also from 7,500 yards. Like, that's basically insane. Like, from the tips, and this guy's shooting 12 under, like, that's not human. If you look at 12 under, then you see five five, four, like, you know what I mean? Like, the leader at five under would be a great score after two rounds, yet this guy's seven shots up on them, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Dustin Johnson, eight shots back. He's the one guy, I think, who has the length and can go really, really low and like just basically take the course apart with his length. But eight shots back for Bruce Kepka looks like too many shots. George, I just want to get your take, too. Crazy week in the NFL uh, in your backyard with the Jets and the GM and all. What a, what a gong show. I I, I I thought the Giants were one thing, right? I'm like, wow, the Giants, you know, they draft Jones, and they're a joke now. Thank God they're probably thinking like, oh, man, thank God for the Jets, this is great, Adam Gase, and we, we don't have to be in the headlines for a while because that's absolutely nuts, and I know some reports come out about maybe even, like, trading Le'Veon Bell before the season. That's not going to happen, but I'll tell you one thing. For a guy that wasn't successful in Miami, Gase is just one of these guys that seems to get a lot of power, already made a trade with Kansas City for a defensive player first day on the job. Like, I don't like what I'm seeing from this Jets uh, organization, and I guess more good news for the New England Patriots in that division. You just keep on going,
1: thanks, guys. You could screw up. I and mean, Jets are like, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> hold my beer. Okay. Uh, you know, no problem here. Uh, what, what are you going to say? I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't either. Uh, yeah, I was saying on the Mike Blewett show, someone uh, was telling oh. me uh, on Twitter, I forget who, uh, how does gays keep failing up? And I think, that's, yeah. I think it's, that's perfect. How? How did he get this kind of power? How do you let the GM, you know, do your draft, do your free agency, hire the coach, and then fire him? How does that make any sense? And apparently, also,
2: he did a good job, George. Like, like, I know, that's the thing. Like, it's just weeks ago, and he drafted Darnold. Like, he did a lot of good things. Like, I'm looking at this team kind of, like, ascending to being a better team. I think them in Buffalo, you know, with the moves they made, Miami's still the kind of the doormat of that division. It makes no sense to me. Like, they kind of looked like they were the trajectory was up, and now this stuff,
1: I just don't get it. I think it's crazy. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. And apparently, like I said, the owner... Was the one who wanted on Bell, even though Adam Gase didn't. Uh, I mean, because uh, Bell doesn't fit the system. They don't. He doesn't like paying that much money for a running back when he can. He feels he feels he can do it with you know lesser backs, because uh, he doesn't want to use one Bell cow back. I get it, you know. And but the the owner makes this decision because he wants to make a splash, do a Steinbrenner move here, and get the back pages. Like, oh my God, this is all over the place. You know, and uh, are they going to hire a real GM now, or is this GM just going to be a yes man to Gase? How does Gase get this power? That's what I don't understand. See,
2: that's what I don't get either. Like, you had three years in Miami where you basically ran that team into the ground. You know, you didn't do anything well. You know, the JGI situation, everything. Like, they were they were a train wreck. So, I don't understand. You go to New York, that's one thing, and all of a sudden you're getting power. they got to get a real GM in there. I know it's an intern position, but it's funny. This guy's kind of like, okay, you gave me the keys to the car. Uh, I'm going to go make a move already. It was a minor move with Kansas City, but you're giving away a first-round draft pick. So... I, I just don't really understand uh, the motive. I don't understand what kind of why he gets the power. I don't understand why people put him on a pedestal. For a guy, when you really look at the track record, George, nothing's there. I can understand if this happened with somebody in the New England organization,
1: but it's Adam Gase. Bill Pelleger or Bill Parcells type of coaching? You know, I yes. guess. That's yes. fine. Yes. I have no issues here. But what has Gase done to deserve this? And what, what, what has Gaze proven? that he knows how to do do this because you know the next coach is going to be somebody because apparently gates is going to be in in on that hire so the next coach is going to be somebody where he says yes to exactly or
2: or, yeah he's gonna it almost seems like he's scheming he has to have if he's gonna have a part of the hire somebody that he could deal with or somebody that he could push around or it's kind of weird like you know what i mean it's almost it's like a power play for this guy and I don't know, man. I think that's very, very dangerous uh, for the Jets to to put all your faith in this guy. He just he seems like a weird dude to begin with, and uh, I don't know how the players are going to react. And what kind of what kind of relationship? Like Le'Veon Bell's actually saying all the right things. I, I was actually concerned, like you know what I mean, when when this story came out. This is a sensitive guy. When he was with Pittsburgh, you hold out the whole year, and all this stuff happens, and and this story breaks. I'm thinking this is the breaking point. I'm surprised he didn't freak out. Honestly, George, didn't you? When that first story came out, didn't you think, oh, how's Le'Veon Bell gonna handle this situation? I thought it was gonna
1: be a hell of a lot worse than what it was. I mean, listen. How does when it comes to Bell, when you sign him, how how do you not come up? Listen, you're gonna show up demanding. To the voluntary yeah. mini-camps, we'd like you to be there, to get, to get to know the offense, get to know things. How, how does that not come up? And if he says no, well, then guess what? I don't want you there. And I'm not, <laughs> not going to sign you. I'm not going to sign you. There. We'll get yeah. somebody else. If you're not going to show up, I mean, come on. Uh, how does this not come up here? It just, it's one saga after another with the Jets now. It's really what it is. It's just one soccer after another. And just for a team, I like their draft. I like what they did during the draft. You know, Sam Donald, he has a bright future. We'd like to see if he could take that next step. I think they needed a top receiver there to really bring that along. What, you know, it is what it is. And then all this crap now. I mean, just, just good luck.
2: It's interesting. When I look on my book at their wins total, too, it's the highest juice total. George, when looking at their season win totals, I have six and a half for the Jets, but minus eighty cents to the over, and fifty cents at six and a half to the under. It's very interesting. It's almost like uh, they 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 want to take give you the under with that take back of fifty cents. Even with all this stuff, I gotta believe
1: the Jets. Don't don't you think they can win seven games this year? I do. I have the over over under at about seven seven and a half. Yeah, you know, when you look at their schedule. I mean, there, there's, a, uh, there's a part of their schedule. The schedule is not easy. You look at it. They open up uh, Buffalo-Cleveland. All right. You probably got to beat Buffalo because if you don't beat Buffalo week one, you're in trouble because then you got Cleveland, yeah. New England, Philadelphia, Dallas, New England again. All right. Mm, good luck there. Good luck there finding the win. But then you get the easy part of your schedule here, Cam. You know, you get Jacksonville, Miami, Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami, if you want to have oh, yeah. a good season, during that seven-game stretch, you need to go five and two, if not six and one. Because once again, then you close Baltimore-Pittsburgh at Buffalo. That's tough. I'm telling you, though, at six and a half, I don't like the
2: 80 cents, but I think the Jets win seven or eight games this year. I don't think they win six games.
1: No way. I, I think they're right around it. The problem is I think. I mean, what if an injury happens? They don't have much depth yeah, at wide receiver. You know, know they
2: don't. That's what the Robbie problem is. Anderson's good too, but he showed up at the end of the year. Like he was good for fantasy owners at the end. They don't really have that 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 stud guy. You're right. There's concerns. They're very thin at receiver. I, I like Sam Darnold, but yeah, there's it's concern. I just find it very very interesting how they didn't make it seven flat. Instead, they kept it at six and a half with major major juice to the over. Uh, George, I couldn't believe it. I I was looking on my book and. Um, the one team I told you, uh, I see Jacksonville, and I had a, on my bet. I got Jacksonville. They have a thing on my book called "to make the playoffs, not to make the playoffs," and I got the Jacksonville Jaguars at plus three twenty five, not to make the playoffs. I think that is an incredible bet.
1: See, that's one where, while I, I don't think Jacksonville makes the playoffs, but I would still take. I would still go at your side of the bet because it's good value. You
2: know, it's, yeah, I thought it was a mistake. Value. Actually, I thought it was a mistake because. Even though, and I, you know, and I'm comparing books, so that's what we have to do. So it's not really that much of a mistake because when I look on my other book, they are eight and a half. The Jacksonville Jaguars sit at eight and a half, plus money to the over, and eight and a half thirty cents to the under. But I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, you make the playoffs if they get nine wins, whatever. But I'm getting almost four to one on them not making the playoffs, which to me is insane. It should be more like you know, a buck 50. So I I don't understand where they get their math from. Maybe I walked into a sucker bet, but the fact that I have Jacksonville at almost, you know, three and a half, I think it's plus 375 not to make the playoffs. That's insane value to me, George, on a team. uh, Baltimore could be better, right? What what about Pittsburgh? Like there's still a lot of things. I look at the Jaguars and Nick Foles. I'm like, I know they got a good defense, but I see them as kind of a, I see them as a seven win team. That's me. I bet under last year, and I'm going under again. I won last year. I'm
1: doing it again. I don't think they're that good. Their offense is going to suck. I don't believe in Nick Foles. You know, I think Nick Foles had a little magical run with the Eagles there. I think that's done. You know, uh, listen, Leonard Fournette is a headcase? who the hell knows. Yeah, yeah you don't headcase. know what you're getting. And even when he plays, he gets hurt all the time. So, I mean, uh, good luck there. I know in, in, in the Dynasty draft I just had, uh, I drafted the backup of the, the, the rookie running back whose name is Armstead. Uh, I, I took him in my yep. uh, draft because I, I think like he, eventually he gets a starting job good there. Good move, because- George. I think that's a real savvy move. I, I, I have a feeling like he'll be getting –
2: Him and Montgomery are the guys that you look for like rookie backs that get heavy, heavy touches like Fournette's a head case. And uh, I'll tell you something, Tom Coughlin, despite being a little bit looser, uh, if something bad happens with that organization early, I could see Jacksonville just making a whole lot of moves like it almost feels like the inmates are running the asylum there. They got a lot of problem players on that team. And that's not good for business.
1: I agree. There's a, that, that's a team that has it's run by the Indians, right? They, uh, it's funny with Tom in there. that guy who doesn't take crap from anybody, but they got they get to get control of things there. I mean, what ha- once again, what happens to this team if they start off one and three? I think they will. <laughs> you know, they, and, but they'll they'll implode. They yes. will implode again, especially if once again it's because of the offense. You know, the offense just can't pull their weight here, and the defense sort of just gives up. That's what happened last year. The yep. defense just gave up. And once again, you look at this team schedule. They open up. KC, Houston, Tennessee, three playoff teams from a year ago. Okay, good luck. You know, then you're at Denver, and it's at Denver is not fun. You got to go to the, no, it's not, it's not fun. That's that's why eight and a half to me, like I I, I see these
2: guys going like one and three, one and four out of the gate. And I, I, I could, I could actually see Jacksonville, George, as a six win team, like a real bad football team, you know? So I think eight and a half is way too generous for them.
1: Well, I'm looking I'm looking at it here all right? uh Denver you' at Carolina New Orleans oh, New Orleans good luck there Cincinnati Jets okay when it comes to Indianapolis wow
2: they're not guaranteed wins like the that's what I'm saying man I think oh, Jack, on Jacksonville year. oh yeah that's the you know sometimes want to you know you know what I mean uh, we want the listenership to know I just don't want the line to change in this game I think it's I think it's a bad line by the sports books I think I think they've given Jacksonville wait one too many like one flat I make them seven and a half. Wins total, not eight and a half. I'm not even sure. I don't think they can do seven and a half looking at the schedule. This is going to be That's rough. That's I'm telling you, man. I, I, I'm, I might go pound that bet again not to make the playoffs plus 350. You, are you kidding me? That's a good bet, George. I put a couple hundred bucks on it. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I
1: like it that. you paid uh, $700 on 200 $200. I haven't seen what my, well, what my site offers as far as that's concerned, but uh, I like that as well. L- looking at their schedule, and listen, I understand when you look at schedules for people who do this, everything changes. A couple of it injuries does. here and there, yeah. and the schedule could look much better, but then again, if they get a couple of injuries, they're screwed too.
2: Games are not won and lost on paper, but you still need to look at the paper and the teams that they're playing to get an assessment, and out of the gate, that is a tough, tough place to play. You have a quarterback who's new to the team in the franchise coming out against those teams,
1: I think it's a recipe for disaster. My thing is, when I look at their schedule, there are only three wins I give them. I'm not saying they're going 3-13. and 13. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there are only three games that I think, okay, they'll win these games. And that's at Denver, at Cincinnati, and they're all at, at Oakland. And are they good enough to win all these ats? I don't know. You know, road games are tough to win in the NFL. Everything else is going to be a game, which I don't know if they can. Uh, can they beat the Jets in New York? No, sorry, well, the thing Jets, is- so I'm sorry. I might give them the Jets game, too. They got they got to beat other teams
2: that are division. So if I see Indianapolis with their win total at nine and a half, you see Houston at eight and a half, George. Where where are these wins going to come from too? They got to sweep they got to sweep the board against all these other bad teams. Like and the Jets, I the Jets can beat Jacksonville. That's that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm just one of those teams. I, I look at them, I go that are way off. Vegas and New Jersey are very very sharp a lot of the time. These buildings uh, they get bigger and bigger. I just think it's a bad line either. I'm really really down on Jacksonville or I think they these guys miscalculated I, I I don't see this I'm looking at the they should not be eight and a half when I'm when I'm seeing Indianapolis at nine and a half and I'm seeing Houston at eight and a half right? right. Well you said and, they, they Tennessee' eight and, and a half. half so so they all have so so there's no team at seven and a half you got Tennessee at eight and a half you got ja- J- uh, Jacksonville at eight and a half you got Houston at eight and a half and Indianapolis is the favorite to win at nine and a half. Somebody can all those teams are not gonna win eight games, right? Eight no, or nine games, time, eight right? and a half, eight and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half. Like the, they'll they'll beat up on wow. each other. They, they sure will, buddy. They sure will. Anyway, uh, George, I'm just saying that. Like, it's, it's early right now. I know we're going to get into to football even deeper in the next couple weeks, talk about some drafts. But early, sometimes the early, it's kind of like a stock, right? Like, I, I want to jump on this Jacksonville stock when it's, a, when it's a penny stock before it gets to being a couple bucks because I think it's a big, big miscalculation. I don't believe in this team. And I think uh, eight and a half, eight and a half wins is ambitious, to say the least. Is there any team that you've looked at early? I know we tend to wait... A little bit closer to, to the season, but is there any team that you go? I've jumped on their total already. That you think is
1: off? Minus Jacksonville. Is there a team you go? That's too high. That's too low. I seem to be more the negative Ned when I'm picking a lot of uh, teams that I, I keep thinking yeah. oh, that's too hot. You know, they're, they're not going to win that many games. And I don't know if it's my personality or that just uh, the lines in my mind are wrong. But I, I find there are many more that I think are too low than are too high. Yeah,
2: like like I'm looking even at. Um, like, Philadelphia, nine and a half. That's a lot to me. Like, they still have quick questions with Wentz. Like, I don't know. There's just a couple teams. You're right. I, t- I tend to go under that I go over on a lot of these games. But I'm going to do some more research and check this out. So my take, Jacksonville, eight and a half, under. That's what we're doing right now. Stewart and Kurtz, will go through the baseball board, give you a golf update and a hell of a lot more. Weekend Fantasy Update here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network here with Sean Angle. We're coming back after a short break, everybody.